Ciro3D.com features a wide variety of innovative products for the Harley touring market, as well as other types. Hey Liza, that's us. We're the other types. I'm checking out this site right now. They have a well-rounded product line, from chrome to lighting and comfort. Hell yeah they do, they got a lot of chrome. And a bunch of LED lighting accessories. You know what that means, right? Less stress on your stator. Zero3D.com takes a clean slate approach to design and manufacturing. Yeah, I'm checking out the Cypher Air Cleaner. It's pretty minimalist, but it still has exotic styling. Distributed in the United States by Drag Specialties, in Europe, Parts Europe and Zodiac, and in Asia by Twin Art. Passion for design and innovation. Always something new to see at Ciro3D.com. Yo, Liza, why are you talking like that? Because the ladies love it. <laughs> I like it. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming at you from the Recycle Garage in sunny, cold California. <laughs> what you heard earlier uh, at the uh, before the intro was us cashing in, baby. Yeah, baby. Mm. Hey, I wanted to say real quick, um, big thanks to Zero3D.com for you know trusting us to um, to talk about their products. Uh, you know, it's no secret out there that we are not very Harley heavy. But, you know, Sierra makes a a lot of products, and they want to reach out to the other brands. And, hey, that's us, isn't it? It is. So thanks to Sierra 3D. They're going to be with us for a while, and we're going to be exploring a lot of their products and actually trying some stuff out. So uh, big thanks. Right on. Yeah, so we've got a lot on the show tonight. Um, We're going to start off with what we did today. Uh, We're going to do a little Vampire's Ride Report. Uh... I think we have one, maybe two people come in for the Babes Ride Out report down in uh, yeah. Joshua Tree. Is that correct? That is correct, Donnie. Yep. And then, uh, Liza, what did you do with the uh, that bike, that thing that you well, found? Oh, we will tell you. Okay. Well, that's very vague. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very organized. And of course, yes, of course, uh, back by popular demand, Emma's history hole. It's deep. It's dark. It's a little spooky. It's a lot. It's full of stuff. I know. <laughs> it's where I keep my stuff, darling. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've delved. It, it, it's, yeah. It's been too long since you've been in my history hole. I know, Jim. but every time it's such quality. Yeah. And uh, we've got emails after that. And if we've got time, we got Jim. You got a dirt bike story. Dirt bikes. And uh, maybe we'll just throw in some other yeah, shit. Yeah, we got a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, in the house tonight, we've got Liza. Hello, people. How are you? I'm so glad you didn't sing that stupid song. Where was the song? <laughs> Thank oh, come you on. so much. Where was the song? And I am knocked. This is I am the seagull. I come in, I drop shit, I'll eat your fries, and I'm out. <laughs> Son. Isaac. Oh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Took a mouthful of pizza. Good yeah. timing. Uh, we Good have timing. a lovely Emma. Hello, darlings. We have Nikki. Hi, I'm new. <laughs> and we got Nigga Jim. Tron like a motherfucker. That's right. Can I just point out that Nikki has been here for a couple hours and then through the whole setup, uh, the, through the dance party, through the karaoke session, all the things we've done tonight. 
I think she's a little horrified. Yeah, she hasn't <laughs> left yet, which yeah, is kind of neat. Both of those. You, oh, you done I fucked think, up, son. I think she's a little horrified. She's been kind of doing that looking sideways at me. Like, are you, is this for real? <laughs> Extreme this, side eye. Where are the cameras? Is this really happened? And now I can't leave. Yeah. Uh-huh. Especially when the door closed. Nikki's got a pretty bitchin' car, too. What kind of car you got? That's bitchin'. It's a 2013 Dodge Challenger. Yeah. The Rally Redline Edition. Yeah. It's Dodge fucking hot. The color scheme special. is wicked. Mm-hmm. When, huh? you, when you pulled in, we all thought about that movie, Christine. The, was that Stephen King book? Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. like, that car looks bad. That car does look haunted. It's dark. Oh, okay. It's like black. It's red. It's, it's fucking dope. Like the gaping mom of those Challengers, it looks like you could like, suck in children and like stray pets <laughs> just driving by. <laughs> it's like a fucking gen intake. No, it was cool. Yeah. So what we did today. We didn't do too much, or you guys didn't, right? Well, so there was a vampire's ride today. A lot of people weren't planning on coming, so I thought this would be a good opportunity for me to get some stuff done. I pulled out the old XR, or not, sorry, the DR350 that I haven't worked on for a while. Um, and, uh, and the original problem you know was cam chain, right? The original problem is it ate the cam chain adjuster and then went out of timing um and then in the process i changed the chain in the front sprocket the rear sprocket i got didn't fit but you know (laughs) doing stuff and then with uh people's help um got it running again in which case i asked isaac to be the test monkey Try it out. I'm like, hey, just take it around the parking lot. You and kicked the shit out of that thing. <laughs> yeah, he got started. Like, I, I got the experience minutes. too. As soon yeah. as he kicked it in gear, the bike took off like a shot. Which funny thing was, I had the clutch pulled all the way in the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Which and, and was he not connected. Knocked over a lawn chair and. Did I? It could have been one of those cases where the bike takes off and the person freaks out, whiskey throttles or something. But he did everything right. But Isaac's not a bitch. And <laughs> the most impressive. On. <laughs> he gained control, pulled himself up, and applied the brake and was able to get it to stop even though it was full on in gear and running. <laughs> the most impressive thing he did it in tennis shoes. I'm like, oh dude, he was going to fuck his <laughs> shit up so bad. Spiral. Yeah, so but he didn't. No, it's just yeah. like, I was like, oh, the clutch isn't working, so I squeezed the front brake, left a four foot skid mark, installed it. Yes. Yeah, so, hey, so, the- so here's the thing though. I think I've come to realize every engine I've pulled apart, I've had to pull apart again and then again. <laughs> Maybe I'm not good at this. I'm, no, this I, what I'm, uh, oh no, knock. It's not on, because man. I didn't use a magnetic dish. No, it's because you didn't fucking do the. We had this discussion about I know, you not I don't looking like at the factory service manuals. manuals. I just like to do it by feel. Here's the other thing: is God you get distracted. It. It's like you you get distracted easily, so you no. start and then you get distracted on something. You Here's the deal, knock. When somebody's coming to your realization, and admitting something, you don't jump on them. I'm just saying you don't <laughs> no. have to admit this yeah. realization Say if you it. would just you know read the fucking I manual. God damn it. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you know, check so, if yeah. you reattach I, I'm, things. I'm going through that in my head. Hmm, maybe yeah. I'm not good at this. So what, what did we determine, anyway. Emma? We, uh, we fucked up? around with that clutch lever, but we uh, just still... Yeah, no, the... Um, see, I'd forgotten <laughs> that the clutch had come apart. Yeah. Because Liza had the primary gears off that bike to yeah. replace the cam chain. In order to get the primary gears off, yeah. I forgot the about clutch that, apart. too. Mm-hmm. So the clutch has been apart. It's, just, it's been put together wrong. We'll figure it out. At least, yeah. the, at least the brakes were still together. The brakes worked well. <laughs> but this is how I learn, Knock. This is how I learn. I know. It's it's cool because you're not under pressure to get it done. So you just take your yeah. fucking time. And well, yeah. What's cool is at least it fired up. Yeah. 
I, I, I had to go around and try to kick the shit out of that thing, and Emma's in here just giving me a ton of shit about it. <laughs> Fucking sucked. We had a couple other people come by. Um, oh, well, I said, Nark, was, do you want a grown-up to come and start it for you? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I got it, dude. I got it. I'll deal with is that, it. Is that why you're just eating pizza like a motherfucker right now? Yeah. You're like, fuck everybody. Just, I'm stress eating. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we're one it's step closer, though. At least it's it, no, funny. It's because That's before good. it wouldn't even kick over. Some, for some reason, yeah. the timing came uh, off like by many teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so. right. Have you looked at the valves on that at all? Yeah. No, no, you know what? The whole yeah. thing is super lucky because the cam chain was the issue and you didn't bend any valves as we were trying to kick it initially like you know four or five yeah. months ago. That so. is extremely lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, uh, we're close. I'll get that done. And then mm-hmm. um, Andre came by. He hasn't been here here in a while. He has that CB750 F. Andre 3000. That he just keeps running. Andre 3000. He just keeps running. It's nice to see Oh, Andre. Yeah, a yeah, young yeah. person yeah. with a vintage bike that he actually works on it. Is that he works on it? He gets deep going. in that shit too. Is that, the, is that the one with the red gas tank? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, it's not a pretty bike. It's an ugly bike. Um, but you know, you t- I, when people say I really want to like a vintage bike, seventies or something, they're cool. I talk them out of it. It's like because you don't understand how much work it will be to keep it running. It's a lot of work. Andre does it. He's staying ahead of things. He's adjusting the valves. He's changing the oil. Well, that's the one filter. of the. He's still young. He's doing it. There's a twin so cam he, chain he, too, right? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and he bought a cheap bike, but he's putting in all the work. So it's great to see him keeping that bike running. The thing has well. two cam chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cam so what? Yeah, it's not a. U- it's a there's a, it's a dual overhead cam, right? It is yeah, a dual overhead cam, <coughs> but two cam chains. Two the way the way Emma explained it is, there's one cam chain. One chain goes to the rear cam, yeah, and then there's another cam chain from the rear cam to the front cam. A little cam oh, chain. Oh, weird. Yeah, with wow. a tensioner it's for a each one. a little cam chain. I guess they hadn't figured mm. out that they could use one cam chain yet, huh? Well, <laughs> you know, um, that was Honda's real first four-cylinder twin cam engine for the street. Yeah, yeah. Honda had done twin cam engines before, um, but they were twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd done twin cam fours before for the racetrack. But that was their first street bike. So, how can we make the cam chains as short as possible? They were using yeah. silent, what I call a high-vo cam chain, which is silent-run cam chain. So yeah. they've gone away from the traditional chain. Yeah, because so, they you used know, to be just, just regular chains. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah um, they got away from that. So they were trying out a lot of new stuff. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. Back when those bikes were new, I had to put cam chains in bikes with less than 5,000 miles on them under warranty. Oh, jeez. Wow. And that was back in 79 when they first wow. came out. They just, it was just a They're design just engineering flaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and people didn't know how to adjust them properly because there's actually... They were manual. Yeah, the manual. manual okay. Okay. And there's two yeah. cam chains, there's two <clears throat> nuts you have to undo for each so cam chain, and you have to follow the procedure just so. So there's a tensioner for the primary and the secondary that goes on. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty intense. Yeah. But they're sweet engines, and you know that, yeah, yeah. that bike of Andre 3000s, it sounds sweet. It, mm-hmm. it does. And some weird happened today. What's that? Well, a lot of weird things happened. Oh, come on in. All of a sudden, everyone was speaking French. Oui. C'est là. Oh, look at here. Who, look who joined us. <laughs> you sound like, like Fred Sanford. Okay. Um, joining us now, we have Bex and Henry. Um, Aloha. Yeah. Hello. They've got pizza <laughs> in, their, in their mall's tea right now. Mm. So, so I was just saying, it was so weird. I was out there, and 
people who didn't know each other suddenly all started speaking French. It was a French day. Oui. It was a French day. Yeah, very Parisian. Um, Emma, your friend, what is her name again? Segolène. Right. Sego. She's actually a real French person from uh, Paris. Oui. Yeah, she was born and raised in Paris and a uh, member of a prominent La Première <laughs> Motocycle Club du Paris. Yeah, uh, that's what happened. Club. And then suddenly Andre <laughs> and another guy, everyone just rattling off French. I know. People just started making up French words too, just to so, be like. I was like, I was like, I learned French in high school. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, we got a lot done. The one thing we couldn't get done today, though, I yeah. now we got to decide if we need this tool. We had a guy who called me on the phone and said, you know, what, oh, yeah. what are you open till? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what do you need? And he said, um, I have an engine. I need a bearing pull. And I said, okay, I got like bearing pulling kit and stuff like that. So he showed up with just the crank, and mm-hmm. on the crankshaft there is a bearing. That needs to be pulled. And Nock, um, you looked up what kind of tools you use, and I haven't bearing seen splitter, this before. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the cool tools, so a bearing is a splitter. Mm-hmm. You said it's two um, plates. Yeah, it's like two halves that bolt together that form a wedge behind the bearing. Have yeah, you that's used a, these? No, yeah, that's a bearing puller. We use those all the time. Bearing puller? Yep. Or this was called a bearing... No, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of puller slash splitter. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's a very, very um, fine edge wedge. Mm-hmm. And you kind of bolt yes, it around the bearing and it gets behind it and then you pull it off the shaft. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have many opportunities to need one of those, but it was yeah. a cool tool to learn about. Yeah. Um, I sent him to a couple of automotive shops that do like engine rebuilding and stuff. Hopefully they would have something there. Yeah, it was from uh, from a Tomos, right? Like a 50cc yeah, Tomos. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. A Tomos. He, he was shocked that not only did we acknowledge we knew what that was. Or like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, you, you know what, what? You know what a moped is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we know. Yeah. So what do we have next up, Knock? A vampire ride. Yeah. Day of the Dead. <clears throat> um, who was here on that ride today? I was. Yeah. Henry. Henry. Beck, sorta. I, I was a part... Part yeah, way. I was there sort of part way. I didn't really uh, hang out. Like, what? Where did you? Where did we start this ride? I went to the beginning and had a hot chocolate at Fireflies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now the Pergolases is no more. So here's the thing: we they found a new coffee shop to kind of like raid and take over. And <laughs> how does the coffee shop feel about that? Uh, well, here's the thing: it's it's funny. Uh, <laughs> there's all these bikes in the parking lot, and this coffee shop is next to a, a what do you call a, a halfway home slash. Uh, uh, it's mental a, health recovery yeah. Yeah. ward type place. There's a lot of cigarettes getting smoked over there. Yeah, and uh, so all these like Rudy bikers just show up, and and you know it's like it, it, whatever piece was there is not you know temporarily disturbed, I guess, because everybody's in there blappy blapping with their pipes. But I mean, it turned out okay. It's I mean, cool though. I like. Yeah, it was cool. I, you know, I've known those people for a long time. She's been there for a while, and yeah. they're chilling. It's a good local scene, and all of a sudden you have a bunch of people showing up buying bagels. They have really good bagels mm-hmm. with no notice for them right <laughs> so that's you know there's like some other funky stuff in there a performance studio that oh yeah it's a shit. dance so, studio uh-huh. yeah i think it's a good thing yeah. and there was bathroom. a there was a good turnout though we had a little bit of rain yesterday so i was kind of concerned you don't want to go riding right after the first rain mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially be, around here yeah. and first half hour is the most dangerous after that it mostly washes away. so not yeah. since you did the whole ride how were I didn't the have roads? the ride yeah the road actually the roads were not bad um they were actually mostly dry. A couple of uh, patches of uh, pine needles. 
Okay. Here's the thing about that ride. Charlie is leading that ride. He just got a super motard, and he has the stack holio pin, which is this pin that you get if you're in the club that tells you that you crashed your bike on the street recently. <laughs> so, so you have that going for you, and it's like, oh, this might be a festive ride, so I just decided to go on half of it, you know? He got a DRZ, right? He got a DRZ, yeah. and he bought it from uh, one of the vampire guys. Yes. The Yeah. Dylan or whatever. Yeah, Dylan. Can you oh, get? He's buying motorcycles like crazy right yes. now. Can you yeah. get that pin if you crash on the track, or is it just on the street? I think it's on the street. Okay, just so knock. Yes. How'd you do keeping up with Charlie? He was on no. a smaller bike. He was, he was clearly trying to outpace me. He's uh-huh. trying to uh-huh. outpace me. Trying. Yeah. Being the word. But uh, it was one time we went on this road called Mountain Charlie Road, and it's uh, it's single lane. It's a goat trail. It's it's mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, it's kind of goaty. The the pavement's not that great, and it's the very blind. Pavement. And, uh, and it can be wet too. It can it's be a road wet. that assholes take their friends on for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you Agreed. got a sport bike uh, riding friend, you take them up there, and they hate you at the Just end. Just to, to make their asshole pucker. That's right. Quick, um, quick little side trivia: Mountain Charlie, who ran the uh, what is not the Pony house. Express, the carriage, carriage house, house. Um, was possibly the first woman to vote in a presidential election. Because she pretended to be a man? She lived her life as a man named oh, well. Charlie. People didn't know she was a woman until she, to her death. I didn't realize did that she, Rudd was named after a person. Did she live as a man or was pretend married, to be a man for the, for married, the had, like, yeah. societal benefits? That's uh, kind of a difference. Don't know, but just how interesting that... That's uh, a nice piece of trivia. I appreciate yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. There's a big plaque up there. <clears throat> so mm. before we get going, um, the early part of the ride, I didn't get into this kerfuffle because... We were heading up. Was it Empire Grade? Mm-hmm. There was a what a, a mini or a Fiat that kind that of was a Fiat. Fiat yeah, it's being a dick. Yeah, Total I mean, we, dude, there was like thirty something bikes. There were plenty of chances to pull out, and like, just I, I know it's kind of selfish for bikers to go just go move and so let us pass by. But come on, man, you know what I mean? Right. Just, just move over, just for like a fucking half a minute. So, have a chill pill. Yeah, yeah, what happened is that one the vampire this you know drove up mm-hmm. and was blocking the blocking the Fiat so everybody could get around. Yeah, and then the Fiat was being a mega, was being an extra dick and so and then started to go in the other lane to get around the guy and he had a like going in the opposite lane. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the vampire had to swerve in and out to uh, keep to him, keep him behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what cars do, though, man. You get on those group rides and people are blocking and you're like, oh, it'll be cool yeah. and everything. And then car people in cars just kind of snap. I mean, I think I think for at the, at the end of it, it's like. N- Fiat drivers seem like assholes, and motorcycles seems like bigger assholes. And so there's so it was just like nothing was resolved really. Well, uh, I mean, on that know. one, I was the first asshole. Well, no, that's yeah, you know, I mean, like it's because they had to, you know, we were doing this in turns too, which were they were not completely like, blind, but it's like, come on, man, Fuck you know. <laughs> but I mean, that was the only kind of bad thing that happened. Nobody no. crashed. Nobody did. No, no, there was a crash. There was a crash. Oh, who okay, crashed? so what's the story? What's so, the story? Um, uh, James, don't <laughs> we knock perked up, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, sorry, that was really asshole. Yeah, at least I've seen you all Was way. this person okay? Oh, yes. This, okay. First of all, this person is totally 100% fine, Okay. But she did crash. Oh. She? Yeah. Jameson, oh, who was it? We were going up on Jameson Creek. It was Sid, Sonia's uh, daughter. Oh, Again! She yeah. crashed on oh, her no. F- FCS. Yeah. Was it a bad one? Um, No, she was okay, but she... So you know how like Jameson Creek has like super steep right-handers and yes, all that? Yes, total switchbacks, yeah. She went straight 
through I didn't see it, but I came up right after. Yeah. And off the mountain, basically. Oh, oh shit. The, downside. the bike, uh, the bike is, <clears throat> was still there. The bike still there. was still there. It had to be way down there. I no, it actually it wasn't, but it was like right on the cusp of being down oh, there. Like okay. they, just, they started to move oh, it, but then it started God. to go. So I they think they're just going to, yeah, they're just going to wait for AAA to winch yeah, it out better than 30 feet down there. Shit, dude. Oh, oh my God. That sucks. <laughs> that's really bad for yeah, getting excited about that. Yeah, she was totally okay, and I was right behind. So that she too. had new yeah. tires on that bike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's target did. fixing, though. That's uh, when yeah, you see I think the she turn over. Like, you come in fixate. too hot. You're like, oh, crap. You freeze up. Target well, fixate, and then yeah. ride straight out the corner. Mm-hmm. To be fair, there's like some serious switchbacks on that road. Yeah. That's a cool road. They're like over 180 degrees, and the elevation change is pretty drastic. It's over 20 feet just going backwards. road. Yeah, it's fun. No, that's yeah, a fun. cool road. I no, like I, that. Road. I cussed out Charlie the first time he took that, took me on that road. He gets the bottom. He's like, "Wasn't that fun?" I was like, "No, <laughs> dick." <laughs> you know, the the last time I was on Jameson Creek, it was actually on Liza's concourse. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, well, yeah. surprisingly now enough, you know how I felt. It kind of it was kind of a forgiving bike the thing had just so much torque when you'd come around to one of those corners it yeah. really didn't matter if you were in the wrong gear you just wound just it on it, yeah. you just gassed it and you just drug you around the corner you know yeah. like up it or a down giant it? frigging oh, yeah. grey whale yeah. were you going up it or down <laughs> it? Going, going up oh, but I, can imagine, see, I was going down I can right. imagine yeah. going, going down would be a different thing because yeah. that's a lot of inertia and a lot of momentum I, I was going down on uh, Felton Empire and I had a big huge white truck do a left in front of me and yeah. that was a little intense. Good story, Bex. Hey, Henry. Yeah. Hold on a second. We're not done yet, though. Did you stay for the yeah. barbecue? I stayed long enough to know what the mystery okay. meat was. Okay. Yeah, what's the mystery meat? So they have a mystery meat barbecue. It's different meat every year. It could be they've had rattlesnake chili. We, they've had cricket tacos. What was <laughs> the mystery so meat? Gross. It was iguana. What? What? Wow. Wow. Iguana, iguana tacos. Iguana tacos. Wow, is, did it taste like chicken? <laughs> it actually, I don't know. It actually didn't have that much of a taste. To really? It. Okay. How was the salsa? The Costco salsa, which is good. <laughs> How are Mary's good muffins? Oh, I yeah. didn't grab one. What? I, know. what? I didn't know she made them. Oh, usually they're filled uh, with red jelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does the little the pokey vampire. holes thing. Yeah, the vampire yeah, they had the vampire, the vampire hole lights. Were there any chariot races? No, no, but they took the uh, circle test that we created. Yeah. Oh, that's a good that one. That you have to ride in the circle holding the stick and Ooh, pick it up. Did anybody eat shit yeah. on that? Uh, I didn't stay long enough, but they were totally setting up for like a DMV M1 uh, test yeah. right there. Nice. <laughs> they were setting up for the actual DMV well, M1 test? Well, it looked like a DMV M1 test. With like, the awesome. whole cones and then the circle you got to ride around twice. Yeah. No, it's fun. We've been having fun doing these little kind of... Uh, tests here in the parking lot. Yeah. I want to do more. Dexterity test. I know. I want to make Nock drop his bike again. <laughs> <laughs> Liza got me and Nock to drop our bikes. Yeah, I know. That, that was a fun time. Yeah. So, um, speaking of rides, Emma. Yes, darling. You did a ride recently down Yay Words. Yes. Yay Words? <laughs> Which direction is that, Nock? South. Uh, you, you did Babes Ride Out. It's I warm did Babes Ride Out, which was my, even though it's Babes Ride Out Yes, it was, it was my first. Yeah, what compelled you to do that? Well, um, actually, it was our friend, friend Segalane. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I she, ran, she go with you? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. We, go ahead, um, um, I ran into Segalane, oh gosh, a couple of months back at the Harley dealer in Salinas. 
Mm -hmm. and they were having a basically an open day where you can swing your leg, leg over any Harley you want. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, I could do with a good laugh. I'll ride a Harley. <laughs> and I actually like Harleys. I mean, I've never made a secret of that. So I thought, oh, I'll go down ride around on a lowrider or a super glide or something. Yeah. And I ran into Segalane because Segalane's a uh, rides a sports stuff. Yeah. And she she said, oh, I'm going to Babes Ride Out. And I was oh, yeah, 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 I'll go with you. Um, Did you just invite yourself? Well, <laughs> she kind of... okay. Whatever. No, she kind of shamed me and she said, no, you'll never go anymore. I can oh, and, oh, and oh I, she's like, uh, and she did the reverse psychology. I thought, oh, I'll show you, oh, Segalane. Yeah, you're too cool for a Babes Ride Out. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So I signed up that night. Yeah. And it's, oh, I signed up for Babes Ride Out, and that's it. Cool. So, um, Can you just explain what Babes Ride Out is? Babes Ride Out is um, a run, mm -hmm. um, camping. It's a rally. It's a rally. Over four days, um, <clears throat> it's only for women. Now, there are guys there, but you can literally count the, the, the guys on their fingers of one hand. Do they have the to only ride guys on the back there, of their wives' bikes? No, the only guys there are <laughs> working. Awesome. So, for Babes Ride Out 5, the only guys I saw were doing the soundboard for the bands or, um, you know, working the food trucks. And this yeah. is down in the desert, right? It's down in the desert, right outside Joshua Tree. So the weather's great, um, even though it was in October. Yeah. Um, and the attendees this year, it was about 1,700. Holy shit. What? Now, 90% um, of people ride in on bikes, mm -hmm. but you can drive in in a car as well. I mean, you know, a, um, a lot of the girls drive in in campers with a dirt yeah. bike on the back. Sure. Because it's the desert. I mean, you can yeah. ride around in the so dirt. So this is like Burning Man for lady bikers. Basically. Yeah. So it was you, Sigaline, and who else? Cat Okay. Um, Cat yeah, yeah, it was... Um, Segalane, myself, Cat P, and uh, Sonia. Sonia. Yeah, um, she's not here, unfortunately. Yeah, well, she's probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> giving her daughter a ton of shit about exactly. it. Pulling a bike up a mountain. Um, and we we actually broke up the ride. I mean, we could have done the ride in um, one day, but we chose not to. It's about nine hours ride yeah, from Monterey. Ride. Yeah, so well, we broke it up ride. into four and a half and four and a half. So um, we left Monterey. We left Chateau Emma. And w what was everybody riding? I was riding uh, Moby, the Pacific Coast. Beluga. Moby, not the beluga. Um, it's, it's funny because that thing is white, and the top looks like a whale, and the bottom is blue. <laughs> so it actually looks like a whale going through the water. It does. <laughs> the paint scheme's off. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. It was very deliberate. Yeah. Um, and then um, Sonia was riding her Thousand Ninja. Cat mm -hmm. um, P was on her GS500, which is, is frigging awesome. That bike just got yeah. punished oh, and yeah. came back for more. And then Segalane was on her 883 Sportster. That's just an 883. It looked hmm. bigger. No, it's an 883. Okay. Um, it's a cool-looking bike. Yeah, it it's a great-looking bike. Yeah, it's clean. Um, like, she got on that thing like, I'm a fucking biker, man. She is, buy dude. some bike She's shit. Legit. Like, you know what I mean? Let, you know, let me tell you something about these, the Parisian riders. Because, you know, over the years, when I used to go touring in Europe, I ran into a lot of people who did the whole Paris bike scene. Mm -hmm. and these are hardcore people. I mean, the riding in any big city oh. is hardcore. Um, same for the London clubs, any of the clubs in the major cities in Germany. It's inner city, heavy traffic, European climate, and they everyone rides year-round in Europe. So yep. in the 
wet, cold, um, and you're dealing with some pretty hardcore stuff. So, um, yeah, Segalane is not scared of that bike. I can see her on a cafe racer, no problem. Yeah, she's had them in the past. You know, the 883 was her first Harley. And she y- said when she came to America, she wanted to do the American right, thing. Right, exactly. Of course she did, yeah, when I saw her, yeah. You know, and I kind of did, but um, yeah, yeah, I got into the British and the uh, European stuff pretty quickly Yeah. after that. But yeah, I had, a, I had an American bike for a while. Sure. So you're so babes. The, uh, yeah, babes. Uh, what's, I didn't, I didn't what, realize 1,700 people. So yeah, what are thing. the what are the events? What is there to do there? Well, um, I heard you guys get topless and shit. There's, there's <laughs> oh, free beer. Please, <laughs> look at Knox getting worked I, up. Over I there. heard stories. Is what I'm saying. So basically, know. what you do? Um, it's camping, of course. Sure. So we arrived. Um, on Thursday. Sorry, I was like totally incredulous that you were camping, by the way. I made that I know. snide comment on your Facebook post. Oh, Darling, I, I'm very adaptable. Uh, yeah, clearly. My, you know, my idea of camping generally is the Ritz-Carlton. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Liza over here. Ritz-Carlton, I remember we were in Ohio and you slept underneath the school bus. Yeah, well, I was tired. Yeah, I just crashed under the school bus. I don't care. We thought you were dead for a little while, but <laughs> poked yeah. you with a stick. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I'll go through the timeline. We left yep. on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday lunchtime. We did a stopover in Bakersfield. We just got a really cheap hotel on Thursday night in Bakersfield. Left yeah. Bakersfield in the morning and arrived at Babes Ride out Thursday lunchtime, which is day one. Oh, wow. You're, yeah. Yeah, that's day one. Yeah. Thursday. Um, we were there right as the gates were opening. So, cool. we, you know, one of the first hundreds in you get a good camping spot yeah set up the tents and then the rest of thursday is pretty much free you can just kind of cruise around and they got a a village set up where the bands play and the food trucks are everything's food trucks yeah so unless you bring your own food you're either going to eat out in town which means you ride your bike how far is town um Probably 20 minutes. Okay. Just outside. It's close. It's close. Okay. And it's, you know, it's Joshua Tree itself is a cute little town. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then 29 Palms is just down the road, which is kind of, I don't know what I was expecting for with 29 Palms. It's kind of a military town because there's yeah, a big. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah base down there. You know, it's the kind of place you can get a haircut for 50 cents, <laughs> you know. Um, but um, so we, uh, we camp, set up the tents. Free beer. Yeah, that's... I was going to say, what, what, what the, the fuck, man? Like, so How much waddles, did you pay to get in? It's 90 bucks. Oh, there we go. For the entire still four totally days. Still, but that's, that's still, four that's days camping. Price. That's oh, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. That's free beer. That's free Sailor Jerry rum. Yeah. No shitty oh, dudes gosh. fucking up your program. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Did they have a skateboard ramp? No. Okay. <laughs> um, Is there free Coke with it? Coca-Cola. For the for the round. Thank you. We call mm-hmm. it cola. Yes, it uh, looks like a cola. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, right. the Sailor Jerry Pop. was mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mixed drinks. So you know they'll, they'll the mix best. you whatever. Right, so be besides wrong. getting sloshed. So besides <laughs> getting sloshed, um, there is karaoke. <gasps> there's <laughs> good combo. Bands on every night. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, and just people milling around. Yeah. They'd got a couple of garage spaces set up if you needed to work on your bike. Oh. Um, um, and I actually, out of all four bikes, the only bike that needed some work doing on it 
was the PC. Yeah. Really? Wow. And it's something very, very minor, but it's something I needed to address. You also have a story about this, too, right? You were actually one of the one of the hands helping people fix well, stuff? Well, un- unofficially. Yeah. Um, because, you know, y- you don't like to go up to the mechanic and say, oh, let me fix that. Sure, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but... I introduced myself to the girl who was doing the mechanics. <laughs> and she, she'd listened to the podcast, so she knew who I was. Oh, and shit. she said, nice. I've got this sportster right here that's driving me nuts. Let's have a look at it together. I said, sure. Yeah. Um, and it, the back wheel had locked up on this. What's, what's your name, if she's listening? Gosh, I can't remember. Oh. I was drunk. Oh. <laughs> now she's listening Three and bit. sad. Oh, man. Oh. Forgive me. Put me on the spot, but you're very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, and so, basically, we got this sportster down the road. Okay. Um, was it seized bearings or something you said? Or what? No, actually. Um, she'd, she'd wrecked the day before and mm-hmm. kind of tweaked the rear brake pedal. Oh. And um, the rear brake was locked up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let me get this straight. So, you got four days in this event. You're going around getting sloshed. Getting sloshed, but You're singing free. karaoke, and you're uh, commenting on each other's lovely breasts. Exactly. Okay. And that's the evening entertainment. You okay. get up You get up Man. in the morning, you do whatever breakfast you want, and then you go down um, to the Bureau of Land Management little booth they've got there, and they'll give you um, a run for the day. And the runs, oh, cool, they're, they're prescribed runs. That's uh, cool. The shortest one I think was 61 miles. Longest one was 300 miles. No wow. shit. So, You're like, this is like cool. enduro shit. It, yeah. Well, the street runs. Oh, the street. Oh, okay. Everything's on okay. the street. Okay, okay. Um, so you go off and do the run, yeah. which usually takes all day. You get lunch out there in the field. We did a great run. We we picked up Route 66, and we were riding on Route 66. Right. Yeah. That's rad. Now that I know that there's riding involved, now I'll go next year. Yeah, right. I, was say, people, I thought it was just drunk a drunk camping. Out. No, yeah. no, no, no. And so drunk basically <laughs> you're, you're out riding your bike from 10 o'clock until sort of 5, 6 o'clock oh, at night. Cool. Okay, and then you just come back to the campsite and get slushed again. And that's real biker mm-hmm. shit. Ooh, no, that's some biker shit. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, and you ran into some friends, uh, the girls from Hinterland Empire? Hinterland Empire were yeah, there. Shout out. Pretty much, yeah. And those, they, they know who, how to party. Who are these people? What? Hinterland Empire. Oh, there's, we ran yeah, into them at, at, the, the one show. at the One Moto Show up oh, in okay. Portland. And they, they live, they're up in uh, Northern California. They do motorcycle, like, stickers, shirts, shit like that. Oh, yeah, cool. cool stuff. Yeah, 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 cool stuff. So, Emma, are you going to go again next year? Oh, yeah, I'm going every year from this point <laughs> forward. You know, it's, if you're a girl who rides a bike... It's really a must. You gotta go. It's fantastic. I'm not a girl that rides a bike and I want to go. You can't go. <laughs> I know. You know, I'd like to point out that um, in traditionally motorcycle rallies, ones that have been around a long time, you know, you talk about Daytona. Right. Or um, what's the one? Up Sturgis. North? Sturgis. Uh, even Hollister Rally here. Mm-hmm. Um, they were Harley centric, and for me, something I wasn't into a lot of just drinking and bands and walking around and buying bandanas. <laughs> right. And <laughs> bitch fell off t shirts. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta um, put those in there. <laughs> and I have to say, though, there's more and more events and rallies. Like we discovered the AMA Vintage Stage Days, which is totally my rally. I love it. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's it's because it's like a swap meet, basically. <laughs> it's awesome. But then there's the one show, and yeah. there's... 
you know, there's all sorts of babes stuff. right out and uh, babes in the dirt. My friend Ruth does flock to the rock. That's right. more ADV centric. And even oh, cool. this weekend, I know Jim and I were supposed to be down at Twisted Throttle in San Diego, and we weren't able to go after Sorry, all. Sorry, Larry. Sorry, but Larry. There's more and more events coming up that I'm like, oh shit, like. I think this is our future, that we're going to start hitting the road and doing more events. Heck yeah. You know what we should do is we should have a little mobile recycle garage, almost like a little booth we can set up and move around with us. A little mobile. Yeah, yeah. Start working on that. Or another dirt bike. I don't think Well, you know, so. the cool thing is there's so many events going on, but at the same time, we have our own shit going on where right. people are taking trips. Like, but, what, two weekends from now, we got another uh, Dirty Dirt Bags getting dirty in the dirt yeah. out in Hollister. No, I'm really excited but, that there's more and more of these events. If you're into, um, you know, chopper building, there's more, like, build-offs. If you're into mm-hmm. racing, straight there's rhythm. more straight, yeah, ri- straight rhythm. There's more flat tracking to go to. If you're into adventure riding or... These kind of, you know, just uh, this is kind mm-hmm. of adventure riding what you're doing. I mean, it, it kind of is. I mean, it's um, long distance stuff. There's just more biker shit. There's lots it's out really there. cool. And then we're, just, you know, as we learned from Jocelyn about the GS Trophy events. Right. So there's more and more of these events going on. Um, I'm kind of getting really like stoked to start finding out what else is out there and what can we start hitting. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'd I'd forgotten. How much I enjoy just real long distance stuff, 450 mile days. I love mm. it. So, yeah, what yeah. time did you guys leave? Um, leave, we left on uh, first thing Sunday morning. Yeah. And luckily, me and Segalen, neither of us had to be back at work. Cool. Um, Sonia and Cat P went straight back. And they are, I think they arrived late Sunday night. Yeah. And then... Um, me and Segalan, we we stayed at the same motel in Bakersfield again, and just broke it up over two days. Cool, you know, for yeah. for old old birds like us, it just makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> Leisure's good, um, but yeah, I I'd forgotten how much I like just long distance yeah. stuff, just getting into the groove. So, what was the most uh, notable uh, event that happened down there for you? The whole thing. The whole thing. It was <laughs> no, just, absolutely the whole thing. Just, and I mean, yeah. this was my first time in Joshua Tree. Okay. Uh, it's amazing, right? It's fantastic. fucking gorgeous. Cool. Would it be dirt bike friendly, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Fuck yeah. Yeah, desert riding out there is, is fantastic. Well, I always cool. thought we could like do a dual trip where like everybody could roll down there. Y'all go to Babes, because there's also Babes in the dirt, and then those of us that aren't Babes could just go a little bit further <laughs> and ride in the desert for and the same right. amount of time. secretly meet at night. Um, I think there's, a, there's another... <laughs> <laughs> like the, was it meatballs? Like yeah, this camping is starting trips. to sound a lot like my youth. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's yeah. already <laughs> happened or not. I don't know if it's, this is the precursor to the Babes ride out thing, but there's this thing called the throttle roll and it happens in Oregon and it's kind of like a baby ride out thing where it's wait dream roll throttle oh, roll or dream roll yeah. is it dream roll yeah. one of those things dream yeah. roll but it's in uh, port in Oregon somewhere yeah. okay yeah so that's, that's yeah, a well, I know <laughs> I know right now they've got babes ride out mm-hmm. in California mm-hmm. they've got babes ride out in New York mm-hmm. um, there's babes ride out in U- Europe that is just a ridiculous picture of Isaac. Wow. <laughs> Looks like he's got hair plugs that just went <laughs> awry horribly. Oh. He's like, may they please take, may they please take. <laughs> Are hair plugs those things where people get their pubes transplanted <laughs> on their head? Oh. No. It's close. It's close. <laughs> but yeah, my, my 2018 calendar is filling up because, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, I'm going back to AMA Vintage Days, of course. You are. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah, yeah um, me too. Hopefully we get to ride in a fire truck this year and not in a... <laughs> Or a pow pow. 
Right. Um, and then uh, Babes Ride Out again is a must. Cool. Is an absolute must. But yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a bargain of the century. 90 bucks for four days. Yeah. Free booze? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, for the last three years, I've been trying to get my friend Julie to come down and talk about Babes Right Out, but now that we've got just Garage Crew going, that's cool, too. Right. Mm. So, yeah. Did anybody get tattooed? Yes. Who? <laughs> Not somehow Jake. Yeah, I mean, somehow Jake. Emma, Emma actually has a battleship across her back. Yes. It's firing all the guns at the same time. Awesome. Eagle in the back. Awesome. Right. No, that's across the front, darling. Yeah. Well. Well, thanks for sharing. No, um, that's all. The desert's awesome. It is. Yeah. You, you the, can't describe the beauty. The, the sunrises and the sunsets. An amazing place. Yeah. It really it. is amazing. Hey, it's Liza. forgiving when you crash. Uh, yes. what, what do we do with barn finds? <laughs> <laughs> so I had announced previously that the uh, little MR one seventy five Elsinore, um, that. You know, that it was kind of a, as I'm calling it, an uncommon bike. I'm not saying that it's a rare bike, but uncommon. Um, just that the 250 was a common bike and 175 wasn't. I, I like the explanation because uh, rare means that it's worth a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> uncommon is could have been a dealer special. <laughs> so uh, when we were at Moto Talbot, God, this is... This is now three weekends in a row I've been there. Um, and each time I discover new stuff, Jim, it's crazy. I saw the pictures. So I thought, yeah, you know, it's a good time to go down and drop off the bike. And I thought, you know who I'm going to drag along with me who has yet to make it there? Knock. I know. Dude, that was your first time? I know. Yeah. Did you trip balls or what? A little bit. What about those race bikes? It's pretty fucking dope. Well, you said triple 500 two-stroke? Oh, anyway, dude, yeah. The oh, Widowmaker. We, yeah. Maker. We'll, we'll talk about it's, that. Our noses awesome. were all <laughs> up in there. So, um, but first we went to Monterey to check out this Turn 12. Yeah, what's this place? Bar and restaurant, which is really cool. Um, I'm, I've had a couple people tell me about it. What's the reference to Turn 12? Laguna, Laguna Seca. Seca. How many turns does Laguna have? 12. No. no. 11. 11. <laughs> oh, what? 11 turns? No, it's no. That's the 12th no. turn. Laguna has 11. So the no, So you do 11 turns that. at Laguna, and then you go to the bar? No, Laguna has 11. <laughs> it has 11. It okay. has 11 turns. Oh, because, yeah, okay. Um, so it's a cool, nice little bar and restaurant in Monterey that has great vintage motorcycles and posters and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so, motorsports shit. They had a wing from an F1 car. It's all carbon fiber. It's kind of bananas. Yeah. It's on display there. It's, it it's cool. Yeah, it's trippy because like that restaurant, like I used to live in Monterey, and that quarter used to be like the, the DOA spot for any restaurant that moved in there. Like within six months, it was... <laughs> It was done because I guess they were serving shit food or bad whatever. But it turns out this place is doing pretty good, I guess. So. And right. we, we were there at lunch, but not kept referring to it as breakfast because he had a mimosa. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a breakfast tonic. <laughs> it's a health tonic. But then we headed up to the muse- museum, and we were fortunate because Greg, Bobby, and Rob were all there. Mm-hmm. That's and, cool. Uh, Super it chill dudes. Rained a little bit earlier in the day, so there wasn't many people there. So we got to just kind of. Hang out and those are smart fucking dudes too. When you talk about motorcycle guys, those they guys know are well, that's shit, what I told Knock. I told Knock, yeah, trust do. me, every single one of these guys, they know their shit legit. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and try it out. And so yeah. we're like going up to race bikes and like, well, what's that? And why is why does it look like that? And 
Greg was just like, oh, He's like, you know. Yeah, I used to know. rebuild those, and I can yeah. see them myself. Well, I found it interesting. So one of the race bikes, and I took a picture. I put it on the recycle page. Um, were these carbon fiber um, covers over the front discs, mm-hmm. the brake yeah, discs, okay? I saw that, yeah. And I said, well, that seems odd. Why would you want to cover it? It's not like you're protecting it from debris or anything. And everything I know about braking on racetracks, you want to cool it. Everything is yeah, about trying heat. to cool it. But it was pointed out to me there's an optimal temperature for those brakes. And sometimes if it is cooler out, they throw those plates, yeah. off, those covers on. Yeah, the carbon so that fiber it covers can are, get hotter. The carbon fiber covers are actually car, uh, covering carbon fiber discs or uh, carbon. No, carbon they were discs. steel discs. Were they steel? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't they were steel discs. Oh, they seem okay. Um, but it's just, you start. I love going into. Uh, a museum like that where you can stick your nose into these bikes and really start poking around. Yeah, you like, can see the safety wire and shit on there. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nock, oh, yeah. what do you think about those old vintage Italian cafe racers? They're pretty dope. Fuck, dude. They're, they're like works of art, right? Yeah, no. The, the, all the Augustas, uh, the 750 MV Augusta four cylinders were like, fuck, yeah, those are bad. Whoa. Yeah, that those were extremely expensive bikes when they were new. Yeah. And um, of course, now forty years later, my my only real disappointment was this disappointment was not seeing the uh, the the six cylinder Lotus placement Hondas like the RC one thirty mm-hmm. whatevers. Ooh. I mean, I mean, those are extremely rare to even find or get did, anywhere. But didn't Rob still, say he had some? No, he did not. He didn't uh, have any. No, but uh, he's I thought working he'd, on it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it, cool if he had a CBX. Just you know, but I mean, it's a CBX. It's not. Yeah, you know, an I mean, RC. you know, it's. Um, but as far as the six-cylinder racers go, yeah. the only way you're really going to see one now, certainly here, is, is a replica. Yeah. Because most of the originals now are back in Japan. Yep. They're just so rare and so sought after. Barber, yeah, so value. Yeah, I think Barber's got some. But he does have a Wayne Rainey and a King Kinney. Oh, yeah. Winning no, race bikes. Two Kings. Yeah, the, the Yamaha YZ uh, the, the 500. Yeah, the, yeah. the 500 two-stroke. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. So, and apparently I stuck my foot in it a little bit, <laughs> as Nock pointed out. You can you fucking stick your hands into everything. Well, I mean, you're grabbing it. I'm like, don't touch it. No, I know. I'm like just touching things. I can touch it. Touch it. Um, no, there I'm was a journalist. Rob Rob <laughs> Talbot was in one of the rooms with a couple, um, and they were staring at this chopper. It was a custom chopper, and it had current plates on it. So it was it was, yeah. So it was a a you know custom built chopper, and they were just talking about it. And I was walking by them, and I looked down. And I'm like, oh, that's the uh, Revtech Panhead replica. Yeah. I had that on my chopper too, and Rob's like, "Oh, really? Oh, yeah." And but mine had the fake distributor cap here, and it had this. And I'm kind of walking around the bike and showing them, and just pointing out, "Oh, and yeah, oh, I see you got the hard chrome pipes. Yeah, mine are one-off pipes." And just kind of talking about it, and and knock is like, "Quit mansplaining to them." Then I leave, and later uh, Rob came up to me, and he's like, "Hey, sorry, I gotta go. Um, I'm gonna give him a tour, but I just want to say, you know, thanks for dropping the bike off. I'll talk to you soon." Um, yeah, these guys, the this couple, they're really cool. He's actually the former president of the uh, Santa Cruz HA. <laughs> I'm like, and he goes, and that that's his bike. Oh, oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, so what that's no big deal. It's I know, and Doc's like, you're such a fucking <clears throat> idiot, man. 
walking around explaining to him his bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's listening to you. He's like, yeah, yeah. your reputation precedes you. <laughs> I know. He's but just you know waiting what? for it to end. No, but um, I just love going up there and. Um, yeah, anyone coming in this area have to go to the Moto Talbot. Oh, I, I know see. we've been plugging it time after time, but it's you know, the thing is, just talking with them when you go, and we had said this about Jameson when you were there, I mean, that you can go and sit on a couch and just talk about bikes. Sure. Well, same at this place. Right. <clears throat> they know their stuff, and they can talk at length about bikes. Well, the thing. But can I can I point out that that first time that you came and visited me in the museum, when you left. I spent probably two hours getting your fingerprints off all the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not crazy, right? She no, fucking grabs the shit out of no, fucking she everything. pouring at them. I do. <laughs> I swear to God. All over the water buffalo. Man. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Got to put my fingers on it. But I think yeah. those are the things that set Jameson apart as well as Moto Talbot. It's, yeah, you can go look at bikes anywhere, but when you have a chance to talk to the people that have rebuilt them, like when we first ran into Emma down there. And oh, and I gave you the tour of, of the Norton Commando. Yeah, oh but I mean, not only do you get the, the history of the bikes, but you get to realize, you know, you hand lathe all your bolts and all that kind of crazy shit that you wouldn't normally notice. And I'll hand lathe your bolts. You you, <laughs> again, I, that happened before. Don't ever say those More spit. That's gross. I, you know what I find, though? I start to do like when I'm there hanging out, if there's people walking around, if they walk past something that I know, it, hey, you know, you just pass that photo. Let me show you this. See that number 44 bike? Look up on the wall. That's Rob himself racing at Pike's Peak in a snowstorm. And this is that bike. And they're like, uh huh, okay. And then they'll, you know, keep walking. I'm like, hey, did you notice this bike's got a kickstand on both sides? And I just find like every time I go there, the more I learn, like the more I have to turn around and tell everyone else, don't just walk past it. It has a story. It's, it's are, like which you're a little a, little boy or something. Just what really excited now? about. Do you go to people's funerals? You don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> what bike is a stand on both sides? It's um this cool bike. It's a I want to say it's a Suzuki. It is a very inexpensive small displacement bike that is used for delivering medicine in Africa. Yeah. Like a scrambler uh, kind of so Africa, you can yeah. park it on a hill with either side. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So it has like a massive chain guard and encompassing the entire mm-hmm. chain to protect it from rocks. It's got big uh, hand guards on the handlebars Those falling over. Those big one-piece like, hand guards, if mm-hmm. I remember. It's mm-hmm. cool and it setup. has, yeah, f- wide pad kickstands on both sides because mm-hmm. when you you're yeah, on dirt roads, huge, yeah. in mud, uneven surfaces. How many people pull over to the side of the road that's slightly slanted, put yeah. their kickstand down, and the bike falls over? <laughs> it's like it's I, a like really the, smart to understand. Uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the Cleveland Moto guys has an ST1100 like mine, and he said ex- exactly correctly. You have to lean like our, some bikes over 35 degrees to the right to put the kickstand down on the left. Mm. Yeah. And this little bike had like 80,000 kilometers on it. Yeah. Wow. So um, these are like kind of bikes that are changing the world. But that was and a cool really bike. Like, yeah, you talk about yeah. It's a lot of medicine. That but yeah, so I find when, when there's other people walking around, I, I turn into the tour guy. In there. It's just like <laughs> co-op thing, whether they want it or not. <laughs> you did the same thing when we were at uh, Corbin's factory at Fourth of July. I know. Next thing I know, you have twenty people in tow. <laughs> it's like yeah, oh, I'm not a tour like, guide. I'm not a tour guide. And right this way, I'm just here for the free foam. 
fucking hot dogs. But, <laughs> but knock, yeah. So you thought it was cool. You want to go back and hang out sometime there? Sure, yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, who's the mechanic now? Bobby? Bobby. 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 That guy's a chill dude. Like, he got on that uh, 175 and he kicked it over and you started putting around on it. You could tell, like, yeah. Grinning like an idiot. Yeah, totally. Did you write totally. Uh, he was riding around the parking lot, grinning like an idiot. They were glad to take it in. Yeah. Um, there's three there's four ways bikes can go one they can be fully restored and 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 shown in the in the museum or they go into the barn that to get rotated in or or just you know save for a future day or they get mounted on a pole out on the (laughs) fence which i hope it doesn't happen or four which i think this bike is going to end up they stick these kind of bikes out on the sidewalk in front of them as bait yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, hey old guy. I know you had one like this. Don't you want to stop in <laughs> right. and tell us all about it? Yeah. So they put like the old dirt bikes and well, stuff is, like it that. It is uncommon. Not it rare, is, but, but it is. Uncommon. But it is. It's an Elsinore, so yeah. it's cool. It's cool um, I think it'll have a better life, and maybe it'll get restored. Who knows? But they right. they were happy to have it, and Bobby even said, you know, hey, if I take it out to Hollister, I'll let oh. you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, ra- he races vintage. Mm-hmm. Well, we should go do that. Sometime. That's the thing, though. Like he's a mechanic, and you talk to people who are into bikes, but yeah, you know they're into it. But then like you see him get on one and like ride one around, you're like, oh, this motherfucker bleeds like motor oil. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, you know, back in the, my museum days, that my go-to bait bikes were always the Bultacos. You know, you put the Bultacos out <laughs> on the street. Yeah, oh, he was working real. on a Bultaco actually. Right. You know, yeah, he was kicking like, one over. Yeah. Oh my god, that thing was loud. Was loud. Yes. Oh, and not going to say what, but I am going to say that um, great connection down there. That Rob and Bobby, they're hopefully going to be hooking us up with some future interviews. They're going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, cool. we're looking say, for it. Yeah, we're networking and getting the hookup. So. Yeah, we, hopefully we got some good things coming in the future. Hey, guess what's back by popular demand? <gasps> what? <gasps> Emma's history hole. Emma, it's been a while. Your army has missed you. I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just doing other things, and I'm back. Mm-hmm. So time to strap on the headlamp. We've been. You're never that. gone, darling. <laughs> you had a hiatus for a little bit. Yeah, you were yeah. going to brush away the cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, what do we call those people? Kaplunkers? What are they called? Kaplunkers. I think in Emma's case, we'll call them Kaplunkers. Kaplunkers. Sounds like a We're going to start calling them that. actually cave. It's called caving. Caving. Yeah, they're not Spelunkers. No, Spelunkers are for juveniles. All right. So for the Kaplunkers out there, what are you bringing tonight? Well, what we're going to do tonight, um, we're going to do one of my favorites. I, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do a manufacturer for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who do you pick? I mean, you know, it's... Um, can we so give him a clue? We can give... You can tell them, though. I know. I'm going to say, Phil, uh, you might like this one. From I'm Cleveland Moto. Oh, Cleveland Moto. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. That narrows it down, too. Okay. So... We're going to wh- do Moto Goosey. <laughs> so is it Guzzi or Guzzi? It's actually Guzzi. We, you know, everyone calls them Guzzis, but it's actually Moto Guzzi. It's simple. Guzzi. Think of pizza. Yeah, yeah, it's spelled the same way. I call them Suzuki's. I call it pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as always, and I always say this, we just give you a taste. 
if you want to do some more research on this, and Phil, if I leave anything out, forgive me. Um, but it's such a great story. The thing I like the most about the story of Motoguzi, the inception were three friends. When you introduce the human element into anything, it always makes the story great. And so we're going to go back to the First World War. And we're going to go back to an Italian flying squadron. Is this going to involve any of the Marx brothers? <laughs> Please, God, yes. <laughs> Maybe can, Curly. We can include them if you Wrong want. brothers. Okay. We'll just say they are involved. <laughs> right. But you know what? If you remember the last history hole we did about the Marmon twin, there was that link between aircraft and motorcycling. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with the story of Motoguzzi. So we have an Italian air squadron, and we have three friends. Two pilots, one mechanic. And very, very, very different backgrounds. The mechanic, who actually was called Carlos Guzzi, was a very, very talented engineer. And then the pilots, um, Giorgio Parodi, he was the rich kid, had a very, very wealthy father. And then Giovanni Ravelli, he was the daredevil. So we have the rich guy, the, rich guy, the daredevil, <laughs> the engineer. I mean, it's perfect. And so they're flying around in combat in the First World War. Am I missing something? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone's eating pizza, so I muted the mics, and then they start talking. Right, of course. Luck's still talking. I was about to say there's always a rich guy, isn't there? Well, unfortunately, when you're starting a business, you kind of need one. Yeah, totally. So, And you kind of need that crazy one, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You well, did hit on and all the, the cylinders the, there. The calm one, the, and the engineer who's like, okay, right, crazy right, right. one, you come back, you came back yeah. alive, and these things didn't yeah. work, so let's fix them. <laughs> And then the rich one supplies the, the funds for that. Well so, so they're flying combat in the First World War, and... Hello? I have a question. Yes? All right, so you said this First World War. So, <clears throat> since you were over in Europe about that time, were there a lot... <laughs> I'm just wondering, what was the Italian market like then? No, no, it was after my time, darling. Because, okay. you know... They, <laughs> I, my time was when they had stone wheels on vehicles. In the medieval time, there was you know, pulled by oxen. What she was the name of your pet dinosaur? <laughs> Dino. <laughs> no, seriously, so... Ducati was around. Was there a lot? No, Ducati, Ducati was not. wasn't around. No, 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 no. Vespa? No, no, no. No, they came in the 50s, right? Right. So was there any Italian manufacturers at the time? Very, very small amount of small manufacturers. Okay, I didn't know that. So 1921, Motoguzzi is established. The finance was entirely done by Giorgio Parodi's father. Even though the company bore his name, Carlos Guzzi never had any financial stake in the company. He was paid a commission for each bike that was built. Interesting. I'm kind of getting ahead of it. There is a tragedy. <gasps> Giovanni Ravelli, who was the daredevil, was killed about two weeks after the closing days of the First World War. 
And so even though the original concept for the company was by the three friends, in reality it was carried out by just two. And the logo for the for the company was always the eagle with the spread wings. And that was as a tribute to Ravelli. Was he killed on a bike? No, he was killed in a plane crash. Oh. So, that's the tragedy involved. So, um, the first machine that really put them on the map was a four-stroke single. Mm-hmm. And it really became their trademark before the bikes we know them for now. And I'm going to come to those down the road. But the initial bike that really put them on the map was the flat single. It was a single cylinder bike with a, with a cylinder sticking straight out the front. Mm. Oh, like uh, um, like a uh, the 70, like the, yeah. the Honda 70. Right, I was gonna say, exactly. Was like 100cc motors, something like that. They came in various sizes, 350, 500. Mm. Um, one of the trademarks of the motor is it had this huge exposed flywheel on the left that actually span. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. Um, that was one of the original designs and that served them really up until the 1970s it was produced alongside the twins but it was an incredibly long running and they just developed it and developed it and developed it one of the big innovations they came up with was the suspension on these things and that bike was i believe i'll stick my neck out and say it was the first with swinging arm rear suspension (coughs) and that came in in 1928 and in order to prove how good this suspension was and how good it was for long distance work um, they took a bike and rode it from Italy up to northern Norway which I believe is about 5,000 miles over Um, some mountains too I'm sure yeah and you imagine what the roads were like in in Europe in the 1920s and so that was just to prove the rear suspension Mm -hmm. um so that's a test ride. That is a, <laughs> yeah, right. that is a test ride. Now, um, racing has always been. Yeah, there you go. Liza's showing a picture around it's, of the bike. This is really pretty. It doesn't actually look so much like a moped as like a really small. It kind of looks like the early Harleys and Indians, but really small with that like Springer seat and like long and low, pretty big frame. It doesn't look at all like a moped. It's not red. It's not Raz Green. Right. So now, racing was always a big part of and they always had an eye on racing. And there were two machines that were... Basically, there was the bike to the public and the police got a contract to, which was a... I'm not saying it was a low-performance machine, but it was a simpler engine. The racing engines were always built to a higher specification, and they learned very, very early on that there is value in winning races. If you see a race being won on a Moto Guzzi, yeah. you think, this is a great bike. You can sell bikes. Out. Yeah, you're going to sell bikes. <laughs> so... All during the 1950s. I mean, now there was some, there was some competition around now. Ducati still weren't there, but Gilera were there. Mm-hmm. Mondial were there, and it was a very, very competitive field. Um, MV Augusta were beginning to field the four-cylinder bikes in the mid 50s. What about the British bikes? Oh, the British bikes—they had some superb 
competition bikes in the all well basically from the <laughs> 1920s onwards be a bsa and whatnot yeah, yeah exactly and norton's always did a really very very fast the norton 500 singles were pretty unbeatable in the 1950s matchless <clears throat> but Motoguzzi actually successfully sent bikes over to the Isle of Man and using a British racer won at the Isle of Man. Um, when I close this segment, I'm just going to read out some of the wins that they had. It's tremendous. It's an amazing legacy for these bikes. So, we're going to jump ahead to the early 60s. Um, actually, we'll jump ahead to the mid-60s. And by now the single's getting a bit long in the tooth. And people are looking for a larger bike. Um, not least because the military were looking for a contract, the police were looking for a contract. So at the time, Motoguzzi had a very, very, um, very, very uh, talented engineer working for them called Giulio Carcano. And he came up with a design for a V-twin engine and the crank ramp front to back now if any of you have been lucky enough to ride a bike where the crank runs longitudinally it's a very very different feeling only every day yeah exactly <laughs> smooth longitudinal cranks there's a real like battleship feel about them it, it gives a very very solid feeling and of course it's natural for shaft drive because everything's running front to back so the 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 engine as we know it the v-twin was born in the mid-60s and it was designed by Carcano. And again, I'm getting ahead of myself. He was a brilliant engineer. And you're speaking to the Moto Guzzi engine as we know it, not V-twins in general. No, the okay. Moto Guzzi engine as we know it, you can pretty much buy right now. I mean, it's developed and developed and developed. But once again, I'm getting ahead of myself. 1954, they came up with a V8 engine in a motorcycle. A production V8 racing motorcycle. Oh, this, wow. This is not Morbidelli? This is not Morbidelli. The 8C, Related right? at all? Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's regarded as a technical masterpiece now. Not a hugely powerful engine. I mean, 80 horsepower. But, you know, for 1954... What CC? 500. 500. Yeah, my 1100 makes 88 horsepower. Right. So, <laughs> 1954... 500cc making 80 horsepower. It wasn't a hugely successful engine because, it, I mean, it did suffer from breakdowns. Mm. But the point was, it was an engineering masterpiece. And it was came from the same mind that designed that V-twin engine. So he's a very, very talented engineer. So for the contract, and they won the contract. Um, I can't remember whether it was for police or military. But they won the contract. It's a V-twin engine, 750 cc's. Um, yeah, it's about 40 horsepower, but very, very high in torque. Shaft drive, very, very solidly built bike. And that was the basis of really goozies for the next 10 years. Um, very conservative styling. They came uh, as an Eldorado, um, and gosh, my my brain will start working in a minute. Um, these these are all shaft drives. These are all shaft drive bikes. That that ninety degree V twin 
was a shaft drive machine Mm -hmm. and because the cylinders were spaced at 90 degrees it was a very very smooth running engine Mm -hmm. interestingly enough ducatis are all also set up at 90 degrees the advantage with the 90 degree angle between the v's is there's no inherent primary vibration Mm -hmm. Mm. now if you run the crank across the bike it's kind of hard to fit that 90 degree in because okay the front cylinder is going to be sticking out the front but the rear cylinder is either going to be sticking straight up Mm-hmm. which will mean the frame's got to be unnecessarily high. Or in the Ducatis case, they cant the front cylinder up a little bit, and so the rear cylinder just faces back enough. You can lower the top tube of the frame. The Motor Guzzi, of course, because the cylinder sticks straight out either side of the gas tank, it's not a problem. And it's a very, very distinctive look. There's nothing that sounds like them. There's nothing that looks like them. And that's really what put them on the map. Yeah, Eliza's showing around a picture of a current 1400, mm-hmm. um, and the name uh, came the to me. Flying Fortress? The, uh, that's not the Flying Fortress. That is the California Special, I think. Mm. Um, so, El Dorado uh, and the Ambassador. Big bikes. And they had uh, an adequate frame at the time. It was called the Loop frame. And as you might imagine, with a name like Loop... It's got, there you go. Yep. There's one of them. And what we'll do is we'll post a couple of pictures of these bikes up on our uh, on our site so you can actually see what we're dealing with. Um, very adequate frame for the time. But again, they knew that they wanted to get some success in racing and they knew the potential of this engine. So the next generation of engineers came along, a guy called Tonti. Hmm. And Tonti realize that if you want a high performance bike you need to get curves out of the frame hmm. Tonti, he rode with lone rangy he did indeed <laughs> <laughs> wow lino Tonti. um that's a dad joke <laughs> it's an appalling joke Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. Okay. The lone range. emma can you talk just a little bit about the geometry of 90 degrees and why it's so smooth well it's it's very very simple if you put a curve in a piece of metal Mm -hmm. it'll bend on that curve when you apply pressure to it it'll bend generally curves in frames are an extremely bad idea unless you gusset them or make them out of very very heavy gauge steel if you want to make a strong frame generally if you use straight edges and you what's called triangulated triangles are incredibly strong structures so straight edges and angled pieces welded on make for very, very strong, rigid frames. Mm. And Lino Tonti realized this, and he came up with a frame in 67 that changed the whole look of the bike. And so it went from this kind of very lobby, sort of military, heavy-looking thing to really quite a lean bike the v7 sport was really the mm. first one it's an amazing looking bike and it changed really changed the look of the whole range overnight so i'm curious how come you never see these really prevalent in racing at least um 
they tried to make them work for racing, but for some reason they just the forces are just different. Didn't yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, MotoGP, uh, KTM, and and Ducati actually had trellis frame type bikes, but the way they were riding them just it, it didn't work out. Mm. The riders just couldn't feel the, the bike and all that business. So right, and you know shaft drive. Yeah. doesn't really lend, lend itself. itself yeah. So, Nock, what I hear you saying is that the Force isn't with them? The Force is not with them. <laughs> the Force is not with them. The advantage with shaft drive is it's clean, it's durable, yeah, maintenance. it's tough, it's, it, it, it's a wonderful thing, but it does sap a great deal of power. The most efficient thing, even after all these years, even after... Over a hundred years, hundred and thirty years is chain. What about a belt? Electric bike. Belts are okay. Do you lose anything to stretch? They lose things to stretch, and there is an inherent f- friction between the belt itself mm. and the pulley. Because most Harleys seem to use them now. There is a lot of Harleys. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why Harleys use them is the quiet, the mm. very, very low maintenance. On a Harley. Well, yeah, well, it doesn't take away from the noise you want. It doesn't take away from the noise you want. It's quiet in nasty noise. <laughs> um, but it's clean. So if you've got really fancy chrome rims on your bike, mm-hmm. it's not going to throw mm-hmm. a load of black gunk all over it. Right. Um, so, Guzzi 1970s. And this is really the golden age of Guzzi. 1976 comes around. There's a lot of competition then, too. There is a lot of competition. Oh, like from the sport bikes? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, sport bikes were a very different kettle of fish back then. I mean, you know, you remember, you've got 754s, you've got Z1s. Yeah. Um, The Benelli, 1973, Benelli had brought out the 6, which is my up-the-butt bike, as you (laughs) well know. Um, Never a successful bike, but dear God, was it pretty. It was... So Moto Guzzi in 76 come out with this thing called the Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people incorrectly call them the Le Mans Mark One. It was just the Le Mans. And it was a masterpiece. It ticked all the right boxes. It was handsome. It was quick. It sounded like nothing else on the road. It was the up-the-butt bike for so many people. How come every vehicle that has either Mark or Mach in the name are just badass? It, it, it's funny how it works out right? that way. Right. <laughs> but um, the Le Mans was born very, very beautiful. Um, wonderful machine. It lasted them in various <laughs> forms. I think the final one was the Mark V in the early 90s. Um, and it, it, it had kind of lost its edge then. But I remember when the original came out in 76, and it was just, it was like nothing on the road. And it sounded like nothing on the you road. You know what's funny to me is that the, Magodu, the Moto Guzzi's have always been kind of considered one of the exotic bikes. But what they're making are very street-worthy bikes. Oh, absolutely. They're making touring bikes. They're making cruisers. They're making <clears throat> sport bikes. They make very... Yeah. Uh, dependable bikes, but they're still considered. Well, you pay a premium for yeah. for. I mean, but they look cool. They're well engineered. But they're I mean, well you engineered. You pay a premium I, for it. And I will tell you what. And I know Phil has said this time and time again. They are tough as old boots. Mm-hmm. Um, a well set up Guzzi will just go on and on and on and on. 
the biggest disadvantage and there isn't the to maintaining them is the oil filter is actually contained within the pan so you actually have to drop 18 bolts take the pan off to get at the oil filter on all of them on all of them however <coughs> there is a conversion kit that you put the oil filter outside oh, it's, it's really common um, for people to do that but you know it it makes for a nice tight engine the pan is very very high on them yeah I, and i would compare them more to a kawasaki than i would to a ducati right yeah. um yeah mm. it's why why because uh, they're making dependable yeah bikes that okay. uh, that are covering m many different facets of riding like i said cruiser mm. sport touring they cover everything okay i got i got, I got a question because i drop bikes all the time what happens when you drop one of those things Surprisingly yeah. little. I mean, I don't want anyone to think I'm down on Ducatis. I have I said I have said mean things about them in the past, <laughs> and the people who ride them. <laughs> I am willing to take it back right now. But the reality is, and Are there's no really? escaping it, there is a fragility to a Ducati. Yeah. I've got a Ducati on my bench at work right now that the radiator is toast because the bike fell off its side stand. <gasps> <laughs> Jesus. And that is an extremely expensive radiator. Yeah, those are front-mounted radiators, right? They're not side-mounted radiators. Right. There's a fragility yeah. to it. Yeah. There is none of that on a on a Guzzi. It's big. It's tough. It's bold. <clears throat> you can fall off it, kick everything straight, and go on your way again. <laughs> and I think that's a legacy to the military and the police years yeah. when they, they were supplying the police. Interestingly enough, my service manager at work... His dad was a policeman in Monterey County in the 60s. And in 67, the police were offered, you could, and this was a choice for the motor police officers, you could have a Harley Davidson or you could have a motor Guzzi. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh -huh. And that was Monterey County. He chose a Harley, but I think the other officers chose Moda Guzzi. Hmm. And I know they were very popular in San Francisco as well. So anyway, um, we have a very, very successful range of sport bikes. The T3 was the touring bike. Um, the T3 California mm -hmm. was the one that a lot of people remember with the big bars on it and the windshield and the saddlebags. Would you like to take a guess who owned Moda Guzzi? Because ownership had passed in 73. Take a guess who owned them from 73 to 2000. Anheuser-Busch. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> Think exotic Italian cars. MB. Oh, Ferrari. Not quite. No. Uh, uh, hmm. the, 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 the L1. Lambretta. Lambergini. Yeah, no, Lambergini. Day Tommaso. Okay. Tom okay. I was not going to get that. Yeah. Day Tommaso actually owned them until 2000. Huh? Um and they, they, I think they bought Benelli at the time, and they own Maserati as well. Mm. That was an Argentinian-based company. <laughs> so that was where the money was coming from. Um, in 2000, Aprilia bought them. <laughs> and, you know, the early 2000s was a, was a tough time for a lot of the European manufacturers. And I, I always get the impression that Aprilia kind of bit off a little more than they could chew. Yeah. But they did throw some money into updating a lot of the equipment. Um, yeah, a lot of the European bikes were getting murdered by Japanese right. super sports. They're, exactly. They're so um, they only hung on to them for four years. Yeah. So from 2000 to 2004. But <laughs> it was a very, very important time because the the, uh, the factory um, actually got updated a little bit. And then from 2004 onwards, which is kind of where I come in 
with the my history um they were bought by the piaggio group which is actually very very successful because the piaggio group pretty much let them do what they want to do they've thrown a ton of capital into them um they've developed a lot of new models since 2004 um and they're kind of yeah they're giving it the beans again yeah you know um the current range is absolutely fantastic they're cool. great the v7s are great looking bikes I, I you know they're simple they're standard like the v9 i like them i bet they're be, i don't know I, I like them i like the gucci's they're clean yeah, yeah they're 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 a great looking bike I, so um a couple of people actually say they are the oldest continually manufactured European brand. Uh, I'm not yeah. entirely sure. They yeah. are certainly one of the well, oldest. Well, do you count Vespa? Well, no, Vespa Vespa came after the Second World War. There was yeah, no but Vespa. but continually running. Right, so 1921. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1921. What yeah. about BSA? To 2017. <laughs> well, they're gone. And that's oh, okay, the continually. Thing. Okay. The yeah, British yeah, yeah. ones predate Triumphs 1903. Yeah. Um, BSA, if you go back to gun making, Wait a minute. I mean, it goes. Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. Harley, but that's not European. That's not yeah, European. Yeah. It's you a very it. specific title. <laughs> it's kind of a specific title. BMW. Um, I am like the number one knock in this garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a very specific title kind you, of a situation. You, you are number one, but. <laughs> So there right. you have it. Moto Guzzi, <laughs> give them a look. You know, there's a lot of history back there. Um, Hold um, on. The, my batteries are starting to go out in my flashlight. This hole is really dark. It <laughs> is It is kind of <laughs> dark. We, Pulling there's back. There's a deep hole. Pulling God, I didn't know. Back. I mean, there's a lot about Moto Guzzi. Was there any just last minute, like, zingers you want to hit us with? I was, if I can find it. And it's a long list. <laughs> Um, I know. Of the wins. Oh, the wins. Because, that would be good. you know, a lot of people, oh, Ducati win this and Ducati win that. No, you don't think and a Moto Guzzi is a... And it's true. Race-winning bike. Yeah, well, but... But here we go. Racing history. All right. I'm going to read through them. And these, these are outright wins. 1924, 500cc win. 1932, 250. 1937, 250. 1947, sidecar. 1947, 250. Also in 1947, the 500. 48, the 250 and the 500 title. MotoGP, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57. Something up. In the 250 wow. class, 49, 51, 52. <clears throat> MotoGP World Constructors Champion, wow. 350 class, 53, 54, 55, and 56. Wow. The 250 class, 49, 51, 52. <laughs> the 500 class wins at the 1935 Isle of Man are these two strokes? No, these are all four, four strokes. strokes. Um, 350 class wins at 1955 and 56 at the Isle of Man TT. And in the 250 class, 35, 37, 47, 48, 49, 51, 52, 53, and 55. Killing it, man. That Damn. is quite a legacy. Overwhelming. Yeah. What happened in 1959 that all that stuff? <laughs> Honda, Honda said, fuck, we're going to yeah. win this. <laughs> fuck these guys. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's... It, awesome. It's, cool. It's quite a legacy. That's it cool. is. It's quite a company. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that history hole. That was, oh, you were that was very cool. welcome, was darling. Cool. Thank you for that. 
Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. And um, I think my next one, I would like to say, I'd like to do another manufacturer. If um, if anybody has a request, I can do any of the four Japanese manufacturers, or perhaps another European one. I was even thinking something like, let's see, what has come and gone, come and gone? Oh, right, Norton. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think I say Buell. Buell's gone forever, darling. It's such a shame. Damn yeah. it. Rip in peace. Well, Emma, thank you for the history hole you exploration are, there. You are very, awesome. very welcome, darling. All right. So on to email. Email. Yay! We get these emails, and we want to read them all, and we just don't have time, but we'll, we'll try to get to some, some good ones here. Yeah, so I, I got the first one, and this is pretty cool. This is from Wayne. He says, hey, team. I'm hey, a, Wayne. I'm a New Zealander now living in Australia and Oi. spend the early part of my week hanging out for the next episode. Good night, mate. I was Thank just you. listening last night to the podcast where you talked about your mate who died in the crash. Truth. Yes. That was Josiah. Yeah, it was Josiah. <laughs> and it was a sobering episode. Uh, and then today, the very next day, I drove past this accident less than 24 hours later. Damn. So quickly things can change. Please keep up the safety message for our rider family and keep up the great work in the podcast. Love listening to it down under. I'm hoping to be up your way in April. Oh, yeah. And if so, we'll spend a Sunday in Santa Cruz talking <gasps> shit with you all. Yeah, yeah, we love talking shit. Keep the rubber side down. Cheers, my mates. Wayne, a Kiwi living in Australia. Yeah, all right. Yeah, come on and visit. I love Australia. I got my Moto Z tires on. They're from Australia. And sure enough, as soon as somebody shows up with any kind of accident, accent, then everyone else starts speaking their language. So I'm sure people will break out <laughs> well, the Kiwi. Oh, sure. We'll, we'll, do like, we'll do like the caricature version of it. Yeah, we'll just start horrible. doing really offensive um, Liza, yeah. Liza, a test for you. Who would you say is the most famous New Zealander in the biking world? Oh, oh. that's easy. Come on. Bear, what's his name? Bert Munro. Bert Munro, no. Yeah. Uh, no. uh, Bert Monroe? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, or yeah. John Britton. Monroe, yeah, Britain. Yeah, yeah. Either John Britton or Bert Monroe. Either way, if you start with a B, you're safe. Exactly. <laughs> you know, can't beat either. I'd say Britton because I haven't heard of Bert Monroe, but that's um, I, I grew up under the world's a box. fastest Indian. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, I'm just. Um, go go piss on the lemon tree now. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. That's a reference to that uh, lemon tree pissing. Okay, dear. <laughs> 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 okay, I got an email here called Classic American Road Trip from Anthony. Uh, hey, Dear Anthony. Misfits, my name is Tony, and I'm a longtime listener of your podcast, BN. Cool, cool. Yo, I.E. before Norman Reedus, yeah. one of the OG people. <laughs> <laughs> I live 50 miles from Rick, so I have, to over, I have over three hours a day in which to enjoy listening to your show. Uh, while I ride a BMW 700GS, most of my ride along the high, most of my ride is along high-speed freeways. I should probably ride a street bike. <laughs> But I like to dream one day about traveling across the continent. Your podcast mm. guests are fantastic, Thanks. and I live uh, vicariously through their stories about circumnavigating the globe. Yes. Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia. Cool. Yeah, and a regular visitor to the U.S. of A. My next trip is going to be in April 2018. Oh, and, wait, is this Wayne? It's April. This is no. This is Anthony Mills. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. My next, <laughs> I know we're gonna have a party yeah. in wow. April though. Well, yeah. <laughs> Third bike trip. My uh, my next trip is going to be in April 2018. I have decided to travel with a group of five friends from Chicago to LA ar- along routes 
66. The group comprises of an eclectic mix of mates from the UK, New Zealand, and Australia. Two of us are on motorcycles, and the rest are on America. Uh, the rest in American muscle cars. So we'll have a it sounds like bike trouble. experience. Yeah. What I like to know is which bike I should rent for the ex- to experience the classic American road trip. Supermoto. Yeah. <laughs> have your butthole disintegrate like a third away across the street. So uh, yes, P.S. Any advice on the trip would be greatly re- gratefully received. I mean, the easy the easy one is to say like um, a bagger, Harley bagger, yeah, sure. or even a road mm-hmm. a road king. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I've seen dudes do, uh, you know, uh, the 1600 uh, BMWs because oh, K1600 yeah, yeah. BMW. Uh-huh. Those are so nice. They're going to be driving muscle cars. They want the American experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the American experience for sure is the Harley. Harley. Yeah. If you can get a Victory or Indian, yeah. yeah. If you want, I would say Indian. Uh, I don't I, know that Victory cross country is pretty close. I, yeah, yeah, you roll up on a Victory, an Indian, or a Harley, and it's like you're like straight up full American. I right there. Um, no, Victories are really nice and trade off. No, find somebody who has a Buell. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> you can get um, the American breakdown experience. If you're doing Route 66, you're going to be hitting a lot of freeway because a lot of it is now covered by freeway. So you want to mm-hmm. have a very comfortable, comfortable freeway uh, bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what, at Babes, I ran into a couple of girls who'd rented um, Indians. <laughs> and they both said, what fantastic bikes yeah. they are. Were they all kind of Scouts? They're Scouts. Scouts. Cool. Yeah, yeah Scouts. It too. goes like hell, looks great. Fantastic bike. When I, I, don't mm-hmm. I would do either one of those before Harley. Run into people who are on scout who rented scouts and weren't as down with sitting on them for a long day. It's just the cruiser position on. Now those. you want to get a chief. Yeah. Get get something anyway, big and comfortable. Cool. Preferably with a radio. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely a windshield. But complete nice American seat. experience. It's, yeah. It's got to be an American bike. Well, what it is too is like the foot controls that you either want right. mid or forward. Forward's Make sure. gonna be a little harder on your back. So exactly, yeah. you know, put some Tom Petty on there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Make sure, yeah. make sure you sound like a pack of pit bulls riding down the riding down the road. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but those guys show up. That accent just melts people. Americans love the Australian, New Zealand accents. I do anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What you got there, Isaac? Um. This is from Maverick. It's titled, It Finally Happened. Happy Halloween, Misfits. It's Maverick from Middle Tennessee again. Oh, I, oh, some, I, remember, I remember Maverick. I thought it was some Top Gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be great. And I'm excited it's to say that as of, as of... Ice Man. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'll finish. So, yeah, I'll <laughs> I'm excited to say that as of Thursday, October 26th, I became the owner of a 2013 Honda CBR 250R. Purchased nice. for Yay. only... Ooh. Purchased for only fifteen hundred dollars with nothing wrong. That is Shit. shockingly uh, low. That's, that's a good. That's a that is steal. Just, yeah for twenty thirteen. Yeah, just I have uh, nice I have job. lovingly ridden. Yeah, props. Um, I have lovingly ridden this bike a whopping hundred eighty seven miles in five days. Nice. <laughs> I can honestly say I thought it would have taken me much longer to get used to riding after so many years of being trapped inside four wheeled vehicles. But after stalling only a dozen times, <laughs> oops, I feel confident again on two wheels. Yep. Uh, I want to thank Isaac. Oh, you're welcome for recommending that website for finding campsites. Oh, good. I'm so glad somebody's using it. Um, because it's made the planning of my trip out to the garage that much more fun for me. Yay. And thank you, for uh, Kat, for telling me to get back into dirt riding because I made a few friends who were more than willing to get me onto a dirt track in the next few weeks. Nice. Even though it's getting colder, I'm going to persevere and get myself some miles racked up before I take the long haul to the garage, hopefully towards the end of this summer. Um, 
Emma, the gin will keep me warm while the snow falls, but don't fret, darling. I'll buy a new bottle for you as soon as I, pro uh, just as I promised in my last email. Oh, Heroes thank you, darling. Yes, I didn't Maverick. forget. So he said he said he's coming out of the garage, hopefully towards the end of the summer. I'm pretty sure summer's over. No, it'll be next, next summer. summer. Oh, okay. okay. 2018, darling. Gotcha. You know, it's always fun. Remember that those days when you were had that new that new bike and you were excited to go riding right and it's something like well i need to go out and get butter i think i have a better selection of butter at the piggly wiggly in little rock yeah. and you just jump on your bike and ride like it's 800 like a, miles 300, yeah it's a 300 mile ride for butter and you just get That's the same awesome. thing you get around the corner anyways but right. yeah, i, I want to say good on good on you maverick for getting like a really manageable bike as you're as like you're getting back into it bike because mm -hmm. that's going to make it a hell of a lot easier than if you went out and got a, a, a ultra ass glide <laughs> two thousand hundred whatever a, yeah. a geezer glide i really don't know harley what, what you got there jim all right i got one i'm gonna butcher the name but it's from Gilil, julio uh, nikki here's your chance how do you pronounce that julio? i have no idea okay okay well it's not that big a deal uh julio romano brandy all right much better. Sorry, Darling. Julio Romano Brandy. But from Julio, he said, What up, Misfits? Hello, what you up, lucky. Julio? <laughs> what, up, you, what up, you lucky SOBs in sunny Santa Cruz, California? Longtime listener, first time emailer here. Thank you for your wonderful podcast. I reckon I'm a bit of a misfit, half Italian, half South African. Spent some time in the U.S., some time in Japan, and now he's living in Seattle. Oh, Something cool. of a gypsy, eh? Anyway, nice. I started listening to your show when I bought my second bike. Well, I was living in Japan. It was a GB400. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh shit. They make those are those little super sport, little, little cafe no. racery looking thing, right? No, yes, yeah, Jeep, it looks like a Norton. The TT. Yeah, like yeah, a Norton. It, it looks like a little Norton. Yeah, yeah. those are cool. 500cc everywhere Here. else, yes. yep. but in Japan land. They made a 400. And a 250. Yes. Yeah, no, they are cool looking bikes. Uh, I recall Liza once owned a GB500. Yes, I did. And yes, they are fantastic motorcycles. Stanford. It was on that little GB uh, GB that I had a fall and oh, that I fell in love with bikes. No oh, good. Well, <laughs> God forbid you scratch <laughs> that tank. Had me fall in God love forbid with you bikes. scratch that tank or rear cowl because you cannot get them. The rear cowl makes that bike too. Uh, anyway, well, uh, I didn't have motorcycle friends out there, so whenever I did work on the bike, I'd put your podcast on. Good times all around, so I managed to learn a thing or two. Well, fast forward to a few months, and here I am in Seattle. South Africa to Japan to Seattle. Damn, dude, that's awesome. Word. I left my job to restore and sell motorcycles full time. Oh, shit. Wow, I'm still very much an amateur mechanic. Well, we won't tell anybody, but I'm delivering my first restored and sold bike to LA in the next two weeks. Whoa. Well, fucking congratulations, dude. Right? Yeah. It's a fucking sweet a. little 81 Honda GL500i. Oh my god, yes. it's a mini gold ring. A mini gold? I didn't, what? I have or not heard of such a thing. more well-packed CX500. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> All right, transverse heads. Also known as the silver wing. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, the silver wing is a scooter, but the old <laughs> yeah. one is a mini gold wing. The buyers paid me to write it down. How can I say no to that kind of an offer? I was wondering if it would be possible to stop by your garage and say hello to some of you. No. I'll probably <laughs> show up. Oh, oh he's going to show up with a silver wing. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah, show up with a silver wing uh, so we can take the youngins. So you can, you can yeah, meet all of us except Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac will be home sorting his sock drawer, but we'll be hanging out with you. Uh, yes, absolutely come by. You can check out the working cassette player on her. Oh, 
dude. What? Dude, a working cassette. I still have some cassettes. Awesome. Is that stock? Oh my God. You do have cassettes. I do. No, I'm going to bring my Taylor Dane cassettes. <gasps> also, She's got any back in the got any bikes for sale I can ride back? Mm. <laughs> uh, not that you can ride back. Uh, I might be able to help out with a thing or two while he's around the shop, too. Let me know which days would be best. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so I can try and plan my trip around. I think you guys uh, are there over the weekends, right? Kind regards, safe riling. Julio, pronounced Julio, not Julio. Right. I should have read that part first. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Julio, and come by any Sunday. So, Julio, nice. uh, if you can't come by on a Sunday, we usually do tacos on Taco Tuesday. So give yeah. us a heads up, and we'll just, you know. I was thinking maybe we should start doing Taco Tuesday on Thursday. And then do a ride on Tuesday? But they don't yeah. call it Tuesday, Taco Thursday, Tuesday, right? Do they? No, what? they only have on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. We can make our own. Regardless, Julio, come by. We'll do a ride. Thanks for the note. So I've got one last email here, and this is a good one. And Emma, this one, I yes, think darling. you can help here. It's a very simple email. Uh, says, I like simple. This is from our friend Damien Zambrana. Hi. And hey, Damien. Damien. Hello, darling. And he says, project bike, question mark, question mark, question mark. The answer is no. So, so, he says, <laughs> so he sent us a Craigslist link, and he says, what do you think seller seems to be on the level? Evidence, please. So what we have here. Oh, man. Here we go. 1981 mm-hmm. Honda CM400C. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We're very familiar with these bikes here. We are. Uh, this is the brown with the bi-level seat. Yeah. $750. It, it is a brown <laughs> motorcycle. Um, <laughs> it says running needs only very, very minor work. So uh, it looks like it's got the side covers, no tears in the seat. Right, right, right. Uh, it's got a, um, a crash bar on it. It looks like it's got the original stock bars. Most people replace those. Uh, he says, like "Get it before Mantis I have style. to winterize it because the price will go up in spring." Mm-hmm. This bucks, is some, huh? you know, back east. This is when you get deals. You know, when when the Tis snow the is coming. So, seven hundred and fifty bucks for a CM four hundred now. Registered. For those of us who are of a certain age, we know the buck a CC rule. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. pay more than buck a CC. Right. Mm. And yeah. unless mm-hmm. it is a collectible bike. Like a CB550 or CB750. You're going to pay more than a buck a mm-hmm. CC on those. A bike like a CM400, nobody's collecting. It's not a collectible bike. So, Emma, does this bike have value? Because it looks pretty intact, original paint, not chopped up. Do you think that 750 is a good deal? Or is this the type of thing, if you're looking for a project bike, keep looking because you'll find one of those for 300 bucks somewhere? It all depends on the bike itself. It's getting to the stage for a running registered bike. Anything under a thousand bucks is getting kind of rare now. Um, Uh CM400, it's not a collectible bike. But it's a pretty little bike. Yeah, it's the it's a classic EJM, right? Exactly. It's actually, I mean, it's it's of the eighties. Tons of them. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of them out there. Carburation can be tricky. Mm-hmm. So, my advice to um, our poster. And you can still get parts for these bikes because yeah, you can. it's very similar to the Rebel Four Fifty. Well, no, hang on. So no. there are parts you can. There get. are some mm-hmm. parts. Exactly. Um, Doug, our very own Doug, yes. found he needed top-end parts, and there are no oversized uh, pistons anywhere. There are no right. oversized rings anywhere. Okay. So, um, Damien, 
make sure the carburation's good because carburation can be tricky on these bikes um make sure it's registered make sure the frame number matches the pink slip or indeed it has a pink slip and you know it's it's a lot of people get tripped up on the basics and ah, the back tires pulled in and it's changed sprockets are gone all this stuff can add up tires are getting pricey these days yeah even yep. even the cheapest shinko's a hundred bucks so you've got a couple of dry weather check tires well that's 200 bucks out the box needs a chain and sprocket set there's another couple of hundred bucks so pretty soon your 750 becomes a thousand becomes and so on and so forth um but you look at the title he says project bike one thing i hate to see is taking an intact vintage bike even though it's not a collectible bike taking one that's intact and chopping that up right Ooh, like that uh, sr 500 that the navy kid had remember that and Mike yes, took a sawzall yes, yes. to it. <laughs> and took a sawzall to it. Um, but SR500s are also a collectible bike. But yeah, this bike. bike is actually in pretty good condition. I would say this bike should go to somebody who's looking for a cheap little commuter bike. This is for a student. Somebody who's just going to love it, maintain it, keep it the way it is. If you're looking for a project bike, that's a great See, model of bike. Here's what's happened now. And a lot of it's the success of the magazine a lot of its success of the culture mm-hmm. but everybody wets the bed over <laughs> cafe races now oh yeah and back in the day not everyone had a cafe racer a lot of us rode standards yep and even cruisers you know back in what is this in 81 81 cruisers were the most popular way of getting around on a motorcycle and actually they're pretty pleasant to ride you know you sit on a step seat and you can get kind of your butt up against the step on the seat and you've got high wide bars you can lever the thing around and just kind of kick back they're kind of fun to ride this would be a nice bike go through the carburation get the carburation nice just make sure it's safe and just ride it as is this is a good first bike for it's a great yeah. first bike if you're going to test ride it see if it runs and then take it out and you don't have to like whip it but run it through the rev range and see if it bogs anywhere mm-hmm. and this is that bike that you keep for six months and then when you're ready to get your bigger bike you sell it for the same 750 right. yeah. i'll say if you are looking for a project bike um, the other bike that I like working with are either the KZ or the LTD 440s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another bike that doesn't really have much love, but they made a ton of them. Right. And I've done a few of those bobber projects, and they look really good. And interestingly enough, the standard version of that bike, the KZ 400, mm-hmm. is beginning to fetch big money now. Yeah, the KZ, I've had a few KZ 400s in my past. They're any that's a standard but if you just go to the ltd right this is like going from the cb to the cm it's a step down because it's a cruiser Coming to awesome. an end. Somebody Jim. left the compressor on. <laughs> Jim, all the, that's the ghost fucking with us. All the lights started flashing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like young Frankenstein in here. I'm trying to step up our professionalism. <laughs> all we needed that moment was the possum to run out. Pause the podcast while we all go change our pants. It was. Wait, you know what just happened to me just then? A wet a bit of peak amount. Oh my god. A wet a bit of man. Wow. No, so um LTDs, great bikes. That I mean I won't say don't get it. I won't say don't get it. That is a good bike. Um but I think you can find one cheaper. We find them all the time cheaper. 
And Doug's bought a few. Maybe, of them. but you know, if it's running, <coughs> if it's registered, if it sounds good, yeah. I mean, the potentially, good. this is a good buy. I don't think it's a bad price. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. I All think right. you can knock money. I off think it's a lot of. He, you know, this is going to be a lot <laughs> of fun for seven hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, th- guys, thanks for writing in. Uh, I think that's about all the time we have for tonight. We'd like to thank our Patreon subscribers. Oh, those yes. guys. Yeah. So we've been getting some Ask Miss Emma I will an- I will answer your questions, darlings. Yeah. yeah. And we also are doing, still doing t-shirts at and, Zazzle. And, yeah. you know, I can answer questions on affairs of the heart. So um, if, you, if you have a broken <laughs> heart, darling, and you need direction, just ask Miss Emma, and I will point you in the right direction, and it won't involve hookers. Just a reminder for our Patreon subscribers. If you come in at just a dollar a month, you'll get access to some of our mini-sodes where there's a bunch of Emma's history holes that no one else has heard except for our Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. Cool. Blimey, um, they're great. At $5 a month, you're going to get something that I haven't figured out what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know, because I'm at 5 bucks. <laughs> yeah. You get a and bag at, of corn nuts. It's, it's okay, a sh- at, at $10 These a month, nuts? you get access to a super secret email, and it is an email that goes directly to Emma. So you get to ask her your technical questions. Directly. Can you send dick pics? We get a lot, yeah, of, you can. We get a lot of emails uh, where people are asking questions about their, about their bikes, and we don't get to read them all. And sometimes it's three weeks until we get right. around to reading it. If you go to Patreon, subscribe at $10 a month, you'll have a direct access to a master mechanic to to bend her ear, ask her questions. And I promise, I actually check those emails every time I'm sober, which is about <laughs> once a month, I check those emails. No, I, you know, sometimes it takes me a week or so to get to them, but I get to them. Also, since... It is getting cold, and there's like <laughs> poor Isaac. Isaac, you've got your arms underneath your shirt. Are you cold or something? Just jacking it. You know what you could use? <laughs> <laughs> you could really use a recycled garage. Motorcycles and Misfits sweatshirt, which can be found at Zazzle.com. Go to our link on the Motorcycles and Misfits.com page. This is a perfect mm-hmm. time to get a hoodie. Yes, sir. I just right. want to remind you. And yep. you know, if you're one of those who like to sleep in the buff, you know, oh, it's, I'm afraid where this is going. Well, uh, no, it's it's getting yeah. a little chilly, sweetie. Oh, and you know, I don't know where the this is perfect, going. <laughs> the perfect thing to wear to bed is a motorcycles and misfits motosexual t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> it's the perfect Actually, sleepy shirt. If you like to sleep in no pants, I think you should wear the uh, naked gym. Yeah, Live I can ride sleep naked. In no pants sure. overnight. Well, you know, there's Same. something overtly sexual about both those okay, shirts. You know, yeah. I just yeah. helped carry that to a weird place, so I'm just going to take it back. <laughs> I also <laughs> wanted to say, hey, big thanks to award-winning Mike because he has How you been. Doing? <laughs> How you doing? Vin Diesel. He's been hey. working hard. Um, Don't look cranking at me when I'm some, inside of you. Some videos. So we've got a couple new videos on the YouTube page. Again, go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Find the links to everything there. Yeah. And lastly, I just. Uh, again, a big thanks to Zero 3D for giving a shot with us. We're hoping to continue getting some more um, advertisers to help continue the garage going. And, you know, I still have my plans of opening up the podcast studio. Yep. Uh, so things like compressors don't go off. <laughs> <laughs> we also need pizza money and beer money and a bunch of tens and eights. Well, how do you? How do you? And a full set of fucking Allen wrenches. How do you spell zero three D? C I R O. 
Zero3D.com. I was not going to get that. Glad I clarified. Zero3D.com. There's going to be a link in the show notes. So, and Naka wanted to thank you for uh, sitting on the tall seat tonight and taking the hosting duty while oh, no, I was he did. running I the board. I don't did. think I had a choice, but thank you. Yeah. No, we did. <laughs> I think you did fabulous, Naka, right. and you're so handsome, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Flatty will get you uh, nowhere. Or so, maybe somewhere. <laughs> I think on that well. note, we're ready to get out of here, yes? Yeah, let's get out of you here. You know why? Because I'm going to go inside the house and watch Ride with Norman Reedus, Season 2, Episode 1. All right. So, uh, signing off, this is Knock. This is Eliza. Bex is Aloha. Isaac. Emma Darling. Nikki. Nikki Jim. Henry. And we out of here. Cool. Cool. cool.